Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Well, we're going to jump off in part two of our subject, Care Reflects Care. And for those of you who weren't here, I'll give you a quick snippet on that. Uh, just make it nice and brief because we have a lot to go through today. I would like to say that for, for everyone, you know, from time to time, in keeping lockstep with what's going on at the Tampa campus and what's going on with St. Pete, they'll have a theme, a spoken theme. And if we're not careful, sometimes it could seem as if we here at Wesley Chapel are not following the same line. But what I've said before, that's never the case. Their current theme, you haven't heard us say anything like think rich and live wealthy. Although that's what they are teaching on specifically. Realize that I know and I want you to know and I want to sow into you such that you know that we're talking about relationships. And if you get your relationships right, oh, boy, you wealthy. There is a lot more to wealth than a piece of paper with a president on it. I think about when I used to watch my grandmother doing the reunions and sit there and watch out of her 15 children and their wives and their children, and there would be groves and groves of people out there, and she'd just sit back and go, Benji, that's what it's all about. She was observing the wealth of all the community of love and caring that had been developed over the years because once you get that type of community in your life, it's hard for life to get you down. Think rich, live wealthy. It does you little good to have a whole bunch of money in the bank and nobody love you. It does you little good to drive cars like 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 no other. But you always in that four seater by yourself because nobody can stand you. It's relationship that we need to get down pat and then everything else will follow. Now, the prosperity message is in me. Don't ever think that it's not. We can preach that down. But in all you're getting, get understanding. It's about making your entire life complete. Stability is what we're going after. Not just in 2019, but in 20. 21 and for the rest of your life. So we're on relationships still because that's extremely important. Now, as far as care reflects care, for those of you who weren't here and for those of you who need a refresher, it means that when you say you care for somebody, just saying it alone is pretty weak. The care, what you say, should reflect your care what you do. Care reflects care. When care is real, it's reflected in some kind of action. It's not just lip service. Lip service. 
It's not just the, you know, the Charlie Brown teacher, wah, 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 wah. It's not just that. You can, you can bat your lips in my ear all day, but unless your love shows up in some kind of action, it's just breath to me. It's important that your care shows up in action because saying you care for me makes an impression, but showing me you care makes impact. Why? Because your words may touch, your, touch my heart, but your actions capture it. When we say we care for our loved ones, when we say we care for somebody, family, caring is not some timing. It's not every now and then. It's not intermittent. Caring is a lifestyle. It's something that you do all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It never stops. Your caring is a lifestyle. Jumping into today. Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 through 22 in the Message Bible, we said that was our home base. And by home base, what that means is we're going to be reading through those completely, but as we read through, we're going to jump in and out to other portions in the Bible to bring in some context. We got as far as verse 12 last time. Let's see if we can get a little farther today. Colossians 3, verse 12, Message Bible. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even tempered, content with second place. Pause right there. That is not talking about being content with second place as it relates to being content with losing. That is not talking about being content with, sec with second place as being complacent and never doing your best in your endeavors. What that is talking about is being content in second place as it relates to not putting yourself in the pursuit of winning at the expense of sound moral judgment. Don't put yourself in the pursuit of winning at the expense of tainting your good name. Don't pursue winning at the expense of debasing your character. Don't put winning ahead of anything and pursue it at the expense of stepping on your brother or your sister. Don't put winning in such a position that you will do anything to win or to be in first place. Be content with second place. Another relational example would be this. Be content with second place, meaning don't get angry and jealous when a blessing comes to somebody else. Instead, be happy for them. Be happy for their success. Be happy for their good fortune. Celebrate with them. Be content with second place. 
returning back there. It says, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. We're talking about relationships, not just husband, wife, not just mother, daughter, not just parent, child, friend, friend. Any relationship, verses 12 through 13, tells you the love that you should be draped in in this new life that we call being a kingdom citizen. When we're talking about not just pursuing winning at all expense in relationships. Have you ever knew, knew someone that was willing to crush somebody's feelings just because they wanted to win an argument and they were so convinced that they were right? And they would be willing to say anything just for that other person to say, OK, you're right. But at what expense? Verse 13 ends with forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. Family forgiveness. That is something that must be a part of your life toolkit. Why? Mankind is not perfect. The people in your circle, the people in my circle, the people around us, odds are they are going to mess up and they are going to make a mistake. Are there people out there that are just mean? They're jerks. They go out of their way to try to hurt people. Yeah, but I believe those kind of people are in the minority. In my experience, most people don't go out of their way to hurt other people. But as much as they try to be mistake free, making an error is still very possible. Turn to Romans chapter 3, verse 21 in the, NIV, in the NIV Bible. Understanding that people just make mistakes. They make errors. The Bible reads in Romans 3, 21, but apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned. Say all have sinned. All have sinned. For all have sinned and fall, sh and fall short of the glory of God. That word sin incorporates a variety of definitions. Those definitions include an offense, missing the mark, guilt. Those definitions include things like moral fault, moral failure. And Paul says here, and he's talking about the gift of righteousness that we have in Christ. He says all have sinned. All have sinned. All means all. All leaves out nobody. But turn to 1 John chapter 1. Because 1 John chapter 1 tells us something similar. And then it follows it up quickly by highlighting God's willingness to forgive us. First John chapter one, 
verse 8. I'm reading out of the NIV Bible. Reads this way. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God is willing to forgive us. So we should be as willing to forgive others. We're talking about relationships. Turn to Matthew chapter 18, King James Version, verse 21. Jesus explains forgiveness this way to his disciples. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. That's a lot of forgiveness. Luke 17, verse three, King James Bible. Same general discussion. Jesus has this response. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass again, the seven times in a day and seven times in a day turn again to thee saying, I repent, thou shall forgive him. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ sets a very high bar for forgiveness before his disciples. He sets that by bar high with a very high number of occurrences. How often shall we forgive our brother? Well, 70 times seven. How often shall we forgive our brother if he repents from his heart seven times in a day? Forgive him. He sets the bar high. Why? Because his message to his disciples is you should never allow your heart to become merciless. You should never allow your heart to be embedded with unforgiveness. You should never allow your heart to be cold. If you want to have this life where we relate to people, you can't block people out once and for all. You can't have a strike one, strike two, strike three mentality. I've known people that had a strike one mentality. I've known people that have a you look like you might strike out mentality. You can't do that. You can never let your heart become merciless if you want your relationship to last. Say this with me. As a kingdom citizen, citizen, forgiveness forgiveness is a standard. standard. Forgiveness is a standard as a kingdom citizen. And you know what? That standard is set by example through God who forgives us. The bottom line is people in your circle, people around you, they're going to err. As much as they try not to, as much as you try not to, as much as I try not to, we're going to err. We're going to mess up. The bottom line is what happens when the person messes up. The bottom line is what happens when the person makes that error. What do you do? 
What do I do? What do we hold on to and what do we release to him? The bottom line is people are going to err in their lifetime. And the Bible instructs us to be as forgiving to others as God is forgive, as forgiving to us. You've heard this before, but here's what the poet Alexander Pope said. He said it this way, to err is human, to forgive divine. Many of us, all of us probably know that we are supposed to forgive, but many of us don't. Some of us don't, for, don't, don't forgive people at all. As a matter of fact, I'll go as far as saying, go beyond the just not forgiving. Some of us actually know good doggone well we can show enough hold a grudge. <laughs> oh, you, 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 oh, some of us can hold a grudge, boy. We've, we've, we've talked about this before, and especially if you've grown up like me in a small town, once somebody great, 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 great granddaddy do something to somebody, <laughs> them family members might not ever talk to each other again and not even know why. Because all I know is that my mama told me that we don't like them. Why your mama say that? Because her mama told her the same thing. <laughs> Some folks show sure enough know they can hold on to a grudge, but holding on to a grudge, family, is not good. We're talking about relationships. And I know I've given you the Smithism care reflects care, but today we're going to double down. And let's have a short segue into another one. Please write this down. Talking about Grudges. It's a tongue twister. Festering feelings foster fights. Everybody that's married right there, they should have got up and shouted. <laughs> Heard somebody say, my Lord. Festering feelings foster fights. When you let bad feelings fester. You end up acting on them in a manner that's detrimental to your relationship. Turn to Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, NIV Bible. This is the account of Cain and Abel. Let's see what happens when someone allows feelings to fester. It says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, 
will you not be accepted? But if you do not what is right, sin is crouching at your door. Very important. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Cain held a grudge against both God and his brother Abel. He held a grudge against God for not accepting his offering. And he held a grudge against his brother Abel. He was bitter. He was jealous. He was angry at the simple fact that Abel did well. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4, King James Version, verse 26. Anger arising in a relationship family is not an issue. For all of you that have brothers and sisters, for all of you that have husband and wife, for all of you that have friends, anger in that relationship is not an issue. People have feelings. And anger is only one of many natural responses that people have. Anger is not the issue. But holding on to it is the issue. Why? Because festering feelings foster fights. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, King James, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I love that, though, in the Message Bible. Listen to this. Verses 26 and 27, Message Bible. Go ahead and be angry. So go ahead and be angry. It's a natural response. We cool with that. You do well to be angry. Why? We don't want to hold that stuff in. Holding in anger can cause internal issues also. When you hold in anger and you don't try to work it out, you never resolve anything. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry. It's anger's okay. But don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. You see, Cain, he did not release that anger. Instead, he allowed his anger to be fuel for revenge. He held on to his anger, he held on to that grudge, and he gave the devil a foothold in his life. As a result, he lashed out at his brother with deadly consequences. Say this with me. Holding a grudge, Holding a grudge. Seeds, seeds confrontation. confrontation. Holding a grudge seeds confrontation. When you hold a grudge, just know that that grudge that's on the inside of you is the seed of confrontation waiting to happen. Holding a grudge is not a good thing. And I can tell you right now, I know from experience. I have held a grudge. I know y'all don't think that's possible. And I love you for that. 
but my wife is sure enough to tell you I have my share of stank moments. <laughs> because people are people. People are people. Anger, all the, that's just one of many natural responses. But the bottom line is that anger, that ought, that unforgiveness, that shouldn't be something that I let fester because festering feelings foster fights. I can tell you from experience, I've held a grudge. I've held a grudge. And you know what? The sad part about me holding the grudge is that I really thought that I could isolate that ought in my heart that I had toward that person. I felt like I could just isolate that to just that person. Boy, was I mistaken. I completely and totally underestimated the negative effect of holding a grudge. The truth of the matter is this. That unforgiveness went far beyond the person with whom I felt had done me wrong. That upsetness, that grudge, that anger contaminated the inside of me. I thought I was keeping it isolated to the person that I was mad at, but you know what? I was wrong. It bled out to other parts of my life. The fact that I had that grudge on the inside of me had me mistreating innocent people because my spirit was contaminated with anger. You've seen this before. I've seen it before. Here's some examples. Sometimes children bear the brunt of an angry parent. Have you ever been out and about and it could be a child coming out of daycare. It can be a child coming out, of, coming out to get picked up. Got the made mama or daddy a picture. They worked on all day. But mama and daddy mad at the boss. They mad at their mama. They mad at some, mama, daddy, look what I made for you. Get in this car. <laughs> Just snatching the little child arm. <laughs> Buckle your seat, girl. Sit down. See, some, they're, not, they're not calculating that their anger is not at the child and they think that they're isolating that anger to the person they're mad at, but it's spilling out into all parts of their life. All the child asked for at home was some jello. <laughs> I ain't done with dinner yet. They ain't asked you to cook jello. It's in the refrigerator. Get him a plastic spoon and sit the child down with some jello. What's the deal with you? The deal is your anger is directed at somebody else, and you think that you can isolate it to just that person you're mad at, but you can't. It's spilling out into all parts of your life. I thought I could do that. I, I, I held in a grudge. I thought, I thought I could do that. Boy, did I miss mistakenly misjudge that. Sometimes you can see it in, you see it in the marriage. One spouse will bear the brunt of it from their angry counterpart. I read this statistic once, and it's, it's not a good statistic, and not, my heart grieves for, for these women, but I, 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 I heard it, and I've heard it more than once. The worst day for some women who are married to a professional athlete 
is the day that athlete loses a big game. In that regard, you have some of the highest instances of abuse. The very woman that he loves, he's angry at the game, but not able and don't even recognize that you can't isolate. You're not isolating your anger to the game, to the person that beat you, to the coach that didn't put you in, to the guy that didn't block right, to the person that threw the pass wrong. You're, you're, you're taking your anger and you're just exploding it on everybody. Sometimes friends catch it from friends. Sometimes you could have that friend that just lashing out at you and you know you, you haven't done anything to them. Anything at all. But I will ask you this. If you have a good friend, sometimes a good friend will set you straight. Amen. Anybody got one of them friends in their life that'll tell you about yourself? Yeah. Tell you when you're acting stink? to tell you when you're going a little bit off-road? That'll get in your face? Keep them kind of friends around. I mean, a good friend will get you right. A good, good friend would be like, listen, bro, ever since Sheila broke up with you, you've been a little bit on edge. <laughs> now, y'all ain't together no more, and that's a shame. That really sucks. That's bad. But ever since y'all broke up, you've been coming at me kind of strong. Now, listen. I ain't do nothing to you. And, and, and I ain't coming to you saying that our friendship is over. But if this how you going to be treating me, I'm out. You got my number. You know how to reach me. You hit me up when you get some act right. A good friend will give it right back to you. But the bottom line is the reason you upset with me and you talking off the lip at me and all of a sudden we can't enjoy the time we used to have together is because Sheila broke up with you. I ain't break up with you. We need to try to get you some act right because this ain't going to work. The bottom line is that a grudge is an emotional trap. A grudge is an emotional trap. It's an emotional trap that has people making broad brush, grand comments to the negative, like that's just how men are. Listen, I know he, whoever he was, hurt you. I know he, whoever he was, did you wrong. But the simple fact that you can make a broad brush statement that that's just how men are says that somewhere deep inside there is a grudge. That's just how women are. All of them? (laughs) 
I understand that your that your experience was how it was. And listen, nobody, nobody, nobody ever belittles the pain that someone experienced into something. That pain is your, that pain is real. But grudges cause people to make broad brush statements because they think that they're isolating that grudge to just the person they're mad at, but it's really blowing out and affecting their whole life. Statements like, that's just how church people are. Yeah, that church did you wrong. Mm. Yeah, that pastor said he was true, but yeah, he ended up doing that. Mm. That really sucks. That's messed up. But all of them? You think you're isolating that grudge, but you're not. That's just how Christians are. Broad brush statements to the negative. You have to get rid of that grudge. Holding on to the grudge is a sign of unforgiveness, and that unforgiveness is corrosive to your relationships. It is corrosive to the relationship that you got. It is corrosive to any relationship that you are hoping to have. Corrosive. Everybody should recall that every relationship, we've already stated this, is its own living and breathing organism. When you wake up every day with that grudge in your heart, with that unforgiveness in your heart, with that ought in your heart, waking up every day that way is like starting each new day by giving your relationship a poison pill. For the good of your relationships, forgive and release the grudge. Return back to home base. Colossians 3, verse 13. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other, None of this going off and doing your own, own thing. In relationships, you got to stay in sync. None of this running off and doing your own thing. Running off and doing your own thing leads to separation and division. It's, it's like if you ever went into somebody's house and they say they married, but there is a distinctive dividing line to way she operated in the house and way he operated in the house. He come home, he go to this space. She come home, she go to that space. That is people operating in their own independent thing. Relationship. Say this with me. Relation, Relation. plus Ship. Ship. Relationship. <laughs> if you look at the etymology, the, the, if you research that word, they will tell you that relationship is a combination of two words. Relation plus ship. Here's a statement I have for you. 
In order for two people to have successful relations, they both must remain on the same ship. Relationship. In order for two people to have kindred, to have a bond, to share something special, to have a relation, you got to be on the same ship. What are we saying? You have to engage. In our home, in our home as a family, we ate dinner together. We ate dinner together. Now, from time to time, one of our children would not want to be at the table because, you know, they're growing up, got some kind of emotional issue going on. They didn't want to be there. And so they would, they would, they would say, listen, I, 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 I don't want to be here. I'm not going to eat. And they would get up to, to, to leave. And I would say, hey, wait. Oh, okay, but, but where are you going? They would respond, well, Daddy, I'm not hungry. I'm not going to eat dinner. And I would say calmly but sternly, sternly, okay, you don't have to eat, but where are you going? Sit down. This is the time our family has to come together. The message being, I'm not going to let you start going off and doing your own independent thing. That leads to division. This is our time to be together as a family. You don't have to eat a strip of bean. You don't have to eat no chicken. You ain't got to look at no rice. Your plate can be plain Jane White, but sit down. Why? Because in this group of Smith relations, we shall all stay on the same ship. You say, how do you avoid separation and division? You pay attention. You avoid it by staying engaged. You avoid it by letting the caring show up as action. Return to home, home base, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other, none of this going off and doing your own thing, and cultivate thankfulness. Sometimes we can look past being thankful for what we have in a relationship. I had a friend tell me just a week ago, as he was thinking through some tough times that he and his spouse were going through, he says, you know, I kind of had something come to me. Sometimes as people, we can focus on the 5% of our relationship that's bad and look past the 95% that's good. I said, you're exactly right. Sometimes the enemy is very good to taking the small part that may not be working right and making it as big as life 
and we allow that to minimize the 95% of things in our relationships that's going very well. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. In other words, do not restrict the influence of the word of God in your relationships. Let it have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room. In your marriage, give God's word plenty of room. In your finances, give it plenty of room. In your parenting, give it plenty of room. In your singleness, hello somebody, give it plenty of room. Look at this. In your dating and in your courtship, give it plenty of room. For those who are not aware, there is a difference between dating and courtship. Dating says to that person, you are a one. Courtship says you might be the one. So whether you are dating just to see if something can happen or you've gotten serious in all those scenarios, let God's word have plenty of room. In your business, give God's word plenty of room. In your thinking, Give him plenty of room in your emotions. Give him plenty of room. Let the word of God have the run of the house. Back to home base, let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. There are words again. Why common sense? Because common sense instructions are understandable. Common sense instructions are applicable. Common sense instructions connect the what you're trying to get me to do to the reason why I should be doing it. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense and sing Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, word, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the master, Jesus, thanking God, the father, every step of the way. Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. So wives, how do you submit yourself to your husband in ways that honor the master? Well, for starters, you go back up to verses 12 and 13, which says that you are to dress yourself in compassion. Be kind, be humble. Display quiet strength, show discipline, be even tempered, be content with second place and be quick to forgive. You honor God by putting that kind of love in action. You honor God by letting the care for your husband reflect in your caring. Verse 19, husbands, go all go all out in love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. So the husband, the same goes to you. How do you fulfill that charge? By having compassion. Being kind and humble. 
by displaying quiet strength and discipline, by being even-tempered, content with second place, and being quick to forgive. Verse 20, children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master to no end. You know, children show honor and respect to their parents through obedience. And obedience, that's an act of love. Jesus himself says that if you love me, you keep my commandments. So what can parents do to foster that kind of obedience in their children? Look at verse 21. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you will crush their spirits. You know, it's easier for somebody to be obedient to somebody who's not an ogre. It's, 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 it's human nature. It's easier to be just obedient to someone who's kind, to someone that act like they like you. You want to go there? Listen, you never, you never really had a slave that just loved Massa. It's anybody can be forced to do something. That's not obedience. That's just compliance. You want your child to be obedient, then become an image that they will be comfortable obeying. Don't crush their spirits, parents. Instead, what do you do? Go back to 12 and 13. You have compassion. You be kind. You be humble. You display quiet strength and discipline. You be even-tempered, content with second place, and quick to forgive. Verse 22, our final verse, it says, Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. I like that part. Don't just do the minimum that you feel will get you by. In relationships, so many people just do the bare minimum to get by. But the bare minimum, family just won't do. Husbands and wives don't stay together happily married for 20, 30, 40 plus years by doing the bare minimum. A father does not stake out an honorable, honorable, how can I say that word? Honorable, thank you. A father does not stake out an honorable position in his family by doing the bare minimum. You don't make a house a home by doing the bare minimum. You can't get the most out of what Christ has for you by doing the bare minimum. You don't get the full benefit of your church family by doing the bare minimum. You don't get the best out of your parenting by doing the bare minimum. You don't become the best at anything by doing the bare minimum. You don't ascend to anything great by doing the bare minimum. You don't reach your full potential by doing the bare minimum. And all that you do, you must do your best. 
And that includes your relationships. Don't think that your relationships are going to soar to new heights and to be stable and sound if you are content with doing the bare minimum. If you want your relationships to flourish, you have to resist any urge that you have down deep inside to do the bare minimum. You have to mature beyond simply providing lip service. You have to put your care into action. You have to commit to doing your best, which means that as you act, you act with the best intent the purest heart, wanting to make sure that the person that you care for knows that your caring is real. Remember that the words you speak are good, but consistently showing in a meaningful way that you care impact people's hearts so much more. And I want you to say this statement with me. Beginning today, Beginning today I, move my caring I move my caring beyond my words. Beyond my words. I, will do my best I will do my best to convert, to convert the, caring I say the caring I say to the caring I do. I will let my care reflect care. I will do much more than the bare minimum. For the, health for the health and success, and success of, my of my relationships, I commit, I commit to, giving my best. to giving my best. In Jesus' name, In Jesus name. Amen. amen. I'll see y'all next week. Let's pray. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.